Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Drew Unscripted. Coming at you guys with a brand new review of WWE SmackDown Live. But before I get started, guys, I just want to say, on a personal level, on a more serious level, I just want to say, rest in peace to Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel, who passed away, you know, this week, um... Obviously, a tragedy, Howard Finkel, a legend in the business, the very first employee for for World Wrestling Entertainment, WWF at the at the time. I had no idea about that. I obviously knew who, who Howard, Finkel, Howard Finkel was, obviously one of the greatest announcers, if not the greatest announcer in all of wrestling. You know, the guy had such an iconic voice. You know, he was great at what he did i remember so many times where he would say and new like you know the guy was just his voice was just iconic man and obviously it's it's sad to see we'll hear about the news and you know obviously he will be missed by a lot of wrestling fans a lot of people that worked with him and especially by his family so shout out to howard finkel rest in peace man you know my heart goes out to his family and stuff like that god bless howard finkel and you know i'm sure he's looking down and i'm sure he's he's so happy with all the, all of the love that he's getting from all of his loved ones and all of his fans and just you know there will be no the, there'll never be another like him man as they say so rest in peace howard finkel thank you for all your work all your service to the business and your iconic voice we miss you fink we love you fink Alright guys, so getting into SmackDown right away, there was going to be two things on this show that I was really interested with, and that was going to be the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville segment, which I will get into, also the the Daniel Bryan Cesaro qualifying match for Money in the Bank, and right off the bat guys, I just got to say, you know, I have a lot to say about those two topics. Getting into the show, guys, we had the show kick off with a moment of bliss, <laughs> or as you know, one of my insp- inspirations, JD from from NY two hundred six would say, a moment of piss. You know, Nikki Cross and and you know Alexa Bliss coming out. You know, the SmackDown Tag Team Women Champions, the Women's Tag Team Champions, because it's exclusive to every single brand. Look, guys. We've seen this in wrestling before. We've seen, you know, characters go through changes, you know, to their characters and stuff like that. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm not really a fan of what they've been doing with Nikki Cross. You know, I I, mu- I much prefer her the way she was in NXT, the psychotic role that she had in NXT. I think she was a master at it. I think she did really good with it. But you know what? I mean, I mean... It doesn't take away, you know, she's still talented in the ring. She is still talented, but I just, you know, this whole, like, Alexa Bliss best friend thing, I think, my opinion, I just think, like, it's, I think it's ran its course. I, you know, I pitched the idea when they won the championships back at WrestleMania. I said, you know what, if you weren't going to give them the belts, have one of them turn on each other. Either way, Nikki Cross goes back to the real Nikki, the the insane Nikki, because in storyline, it was randomly her her attraction and friendship with Alexa Bliss that kind of turned her, you know, into like the normal, just sassy, you know, regular Nikki, Nikki Cross. And there were times where I, I was kind of like, all right, it's not as bad as people make it out to think. It's not as bad. But recently, the way that she comes out and she's dancing and she's just this. I mean, she shows she has personality, but it's just for me, it's just like, man, you know, I kind of miss the NXT version of Nikki Cross, you know, with all due respect. But, you know, they came out a moment of bliss. You know, they had Braun Strowman as their guest. You know, they were just asking Braun about, you know, this whole thing with Bray Wyatt. Braun Strowman, you know, said that he knows Bray Wyatt better than anyone. But Bray Wyatt didn't create me. So obviously they're building up, you know, for Wyatt and Strowman at Money in the Bank. I think this is done to most likely get the belt back on The Fiend, on Bray Wyatt. Because, you know, if and when Roman Reigns, who, by the way, now you can't even mention. And I will talk about that. 
they want to have that SummerSlam match, The Fiend and Roman Reigns. I mean, it's not, it's not even rumored, but if I were a betting man, I'd say that that's definitely the the role they want to go for. And it could, and if book right, it could be a big SummerSlam match. If book right, I mean, you know, we've seen obviously Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns so many times, especially in like 2015, 2014, but never him taking on the Fiend character. So I guess for WWE, that would be a big SummerSlam match. But, you know, it's not like it's going to happen. I mean, I doubt it, especially now with this this news about Roman Reigns. But, you know, I think that's what they're going to do with The Fiend. You know, I don't even know if The Fiend's going to get put over at, you know, Money in the Bank. If Strowman's going to do the job and The Fiend's going to get the title belt back. I have no idea if that's going to even happen. But, you know, it's pretty obvious that that could happen, you know. But we had this, you know, I, I really didn't think not, nothing of it. Obviously, those that remember Mix Max Challenge, you know that Strowman and Alexa Bliss have a little bit of history because they were team, they were, they were team members, and they even kind of joke, jokingly joked about it a little bit. But, you know, I really wasn't impressed by this segment. I mean, for me, it's just like, I mean, it's just kind of there. Then we had, there was a moment where Strowman thought that Alexa Bliss had got him a present. There was a... A gift, a, a package right there. And Strowman walks to it, he gets it, and he's just kind of like, Oh, Alexa, you shouldn't have got me a gift. And Alexa Bliss was like, I didn't get you a gift. So then Strowman, and before he could even open it, I was like, Oh man, I know what this is going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be the old, the old black sheep mask that Strowman first wore when he first came into the WWE on the main roster with the Wyatt family. And sure enough, it was. <laughs> I like that. That's the only part of the segment that I liked. I like that because, you know, see, a lot of people might be mixed on the whole, you know, Ray Wyatt, Braun Strowman feud, the Fiend Strowman feud. But, you know, you can't deny there is history. And that's what I kind of take from it. That's the positive I take from it. I'm not sure how the match can be. Because, you know, I'm not sure. We've never had a one-on-one match between these guys. I mean, they've done the live events. I know that because I would see Instagram posts. They wrestled each other at house shows. But, I mean, I'm not too sure because obviously I didn't, I wasn't at those house shows. So I didn't really see how they worked together. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see it. The good thing is it's not, as far as I know, it's not going to be like a like a minute. You know what I mean? Like we got with Goldberg. But... You know, I like this. I liked, you know, them using logic. I liked seeing the old little mask right there. You know, they probably just got it from WWE Shop. But, you know, obviously Strowman, he looked at the mask and he started to get flashbacks. And then you heard the Fiend's, well, Bray Wyatt's, the Fiend's signature laugh, which I liked as well. Anytime you get to hear that laugh, I like it. So that was the end of the segment. The only thing I liked was the Fiend looking at the mask. That's about it. You know, other than that, it was really nothing much. Just something to just something to open up the show with. I would have ma- I would have much rather liked to see them open up it up with a match, but because you really don't see that, you know, on either Raw or SmackDown. Only at pay per views, you it's always open up with like a segment, a talking segment. But that was about it with the whole with the whole moment of bliss segment. But like I said, the only thing you can take away from it is just you know. Strowman getting his mask back and obviously playing up that, you know, him and Strowman obviously have history, which again, I know a lot of people may not care too much at this time for the feud, but at least, you know, they are trying to use a bit of a, and I might be giving them a little too much credit, but at least they might be, they're using a little bit of logic with, you know, him picking up the the black sheet mask and next week they're going to do a history recap of Strowman and Wyatt. Don't know if it's going to lead to physicality. Maybe it's just going to be like a video package, but, you know, we'll wait and see. So after, let me go ahead and check my notes right here. Let me go ahead and see. That was the moment of bliss. Oh, yeah. And then we had Sasha Banks and Tamina. Number one contenders match. Well, only a number one contender match for Tamina because it was never really said what Sasha Banks would get if you know, Tamina lost and Sasha won the match. You know, this match really wasn't nothing important in terms of like how it was worked out. I mean, basically the storyline is that, 
you know, you're starting to see the cracks of Bailey and Sasha Banks friendship, which I do think I still I'm still convinced that maybe we're going to get a big SummerSlam match with them two at at SummerSlam between Banks and, and Bailey for the for the championship. So going into this match, I kind of thought, okay, well, there's there's no way they're going to have Tamina lose because they still want to build it up. They want to build it up. And I think how I would book it is, well, first let me go over the match, and then I'll, I'll give you guys how I would book this whole thing. You know, so basically it, it had one commercial break. You know, Sasha Banks, you know, was getting getting dominated early on. Tamina Snuka would, you know, would then start to put Sasha over in terms of like Sasha getting some offense. Bailey tried to distract Tamina a couple times. Bailey was on commentary, you know, healing it up, saying that you know everybody's a bunch of sheeps, blah blah blah. She brought up her WrestleMania victory, and even Michael Cole had a minute where he was like saying, "What if you know? What if Sasha wins? What are you gonna give Sasha?" And Bailey kind of didn't really say nothing other than, oh, well, she gets, you know, something from the fans. The fans give her the recognition she deserves as the standard bearer of the women's division. Not once did she mention, you know, oh, well, if Sasha Banks, you know, was to win, maybe Sasha will get an opportunity. Because, you know, in storyline, she's still building up that, you know, she doesn't want to face Sasha Banks. And then I think Corey Graves had asked, well, is it possible that you guys will, will feud again? Well, face each other again. And Bailey was kind of like, she would love to share the ring with her again. And then she put over, she put herself over by bringing up her WrestleMania victory and all that stuff. So then we had a, we had a moment where they were outside the ring and Bailey tried to attack Tamina Snuka. But before she could, Lacey Evans came out. She jumped off the steel steps. She landed on Bailey, which kind of looked like Lacey hurt herself when she landed. It kind of looked like she botched a, a little bit. Which a botch, botch, botches happen, you know. Let's be honest, but that's obviously Bailey and Lacey Evans have that, you know, have that history, which a lot of people did not care for, did not like. And then, of course, uh, outside the ring, Tamina hit a super kick on Sasha Banks. And let me just say, guys, so Tamina then got a second super kick in Sasha Banks, you know, and that's how she she got the victory on Sasha Banks. But let me just say, guys, Sasha sold that. You know, Sasha, she's a great seller, man. She sold that super kick pretty good. I was like, damn, that was a great sell by Sasha. You know, I could always appreciate, you know, how a wrestler sells, even if, you know, they're not exactly winning the match. But in my, sometimes the way they sell makes them a winner as well. So Tamina gets the victory. Lacey Evans helped her out. Lacey Evans got, got in the ring. Tamina kind of looked like, why are you helping me out? Blah, blah, blah. So there you go, guys. It is official, I think. Tamina... Well, it's not officially on the card, but it's pretty much official that Tamina is going to get the opportunity against Bailey. Now, how I would book this is you want to do this match at Money in the Bank, that's fine. Bailey defends against Tamina at Money in the Bank, most likely it's going to happen at Money in the Bank. So, the way I would book this is you have Bailey retain, obviously. And then maybe after the match when Sasha's... Because you know Sasha's going to be out... Is going to be there with her most likely. Unless they do an angle where Sasha gets banned from... Gets barred from ringside or something like that. She gets banned from ringside. Maybe you can do a swerve where out of nowhere... After Tamina loses... Sasha retains the title... Bailey retains the title. Sorry about that guys. What if Bailey starts attacking Sasha and says... It's your fault I had to defend this championship or something like that. That's how I would book it. Don't see why they can't do something like that. Even though a lot of the times WWE is not too creative with some things that they do. But that's that's how I would do it. Because in reality, you know, that's it's kind of it's kind of a simple way to book something. But I mean, I'm not sure what the story is going to be with the rivalry with, you know, with Bailey and Sasha this time. Because obviously Bailey's going to be the heel. You know, she's bragging too much. Sasha's kind of like just doing what Bailey wants her to do and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously they're going to they're gonna have Bailey be the heel, Sasha be the baby face, which may not work in terms of like history. But, hey, I mean, you know, it could be done. I mean, we've seen it. You know, we've seen it. I mean, an example is, you know, you have Randy Orton and Triple H when Randy Orton first went baby face. 
you know, in terms of like already being established as a star. Cause I know when he first came in, he was a baby face. And I think maybe in OVW, he was a baby face, but you had triple H who was the heel, you know, when evolution turned on Randy Orton. And then years later, you did the rivalry where this time Randy Orton was the baby was the heel and triple H was baby face. So, I mean, you know, stuff, storylines like that have happened with the roles reversed. It's happened several times. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was just really to get to continue the buildup. I think, you know, you throw Lacey Evans in, in the mix because just, you know, just because, you know, Lacey Evans got screwed out of WrestleMania. And then speaking of that, there was a backstage interview where Charlie Caruso, who was filling in, I think, for, uh, for, you know, the other SmackDown announced reviewers. Kayla Braxton, I think that her name is. And then, um, yeah, that's her name. And then, so she basically asked, how come Lacey, you know, it's always good to see Charlie Caruso. I like Charlie Caruso. She was like, I actually love Charlie Caruso because, you know, I've heard her like on podcast, Charlie Caruso, and she just comes off like a like old person. So I love that about her. I love that attitude. So she interviewed Lacey Evans. She asked Lacey why she did what she did. Lacey was saying, it's all about returning the favor, honey, you know, with her, with her accent. So like I said, she's just, and she's just, you know, she's, you know, screwing Sasha over because of what Sasha did to her at Mania. So that's just continuing their little feud. And as a matter of fact, they are going to be in a match next week on SmackDown for the women's money in the bank ladder match, which you know what? This is kind of a brainstorm. Next week, Lacey Evans and Sasha in a qualifying match, right? For the women's money in the bank. What if Bailey wins? Oh, oh my God. Sorry, guys. I botched. What if Sasha wins and then Sasha wins money in the bank? That could be another way to do it. You know? That could be another way. Or maybe you put Lacey M's in it, but I just think, you know, that could be another way to do it. You can have, or you know what? I'm going to, I'm planning, shit, I'm planning for, for months ahead, guys. I'm going to say right now on the spot, one of my Money in the Bank predictions, even though Money in the Bank is a couple of weeks away or like a month away. Not even that, I'm not exactly sure. What if Sasha wins Money in the Bank this year, swerves everyone saying that she's going to either challenge for the NXT Women's Championship or the Raw Women's Championship if they're still going to do like, oh, this briefcase can challenge anywhere. But yet she swerves Bailey, And she cashes in at SummerSlam. Or she cashes in on, on Bailey and says, I'm cashing this in at SummerSlam if SummerSlam, you know, still has the green light. May not be a bad idea. May not be a bad idea. And then we had... We had Sheamus and a squash against Denzel D. Jornet. Sheamus, of course, getting getting the quick victory. Sheamus made quick work of this, of this guy. This guy was from NXT. He got the bro kick and that was it. After the match was a little interesting, Michael Cole started to talk about... Jeff Hardy. Seamus obviously still right there. Heard what Michael Cole was saying. Went up to Michael Cole. Got pissed off. Obviously, I think... And I and I guess he did this last week too. I didn't really notice this last week. Shame on me. But basically, it seems like they're going to be building up for a Seamus-Jeff Hardy feud. So that obviously seems to be the case because this is the second week, according to what I saw, that Sheamus did this, got pissed off. Michael Cole tried to transition a Jeff Hardy to a video package of Je of Jeff Hardy because they've been doing these video packages. This is the second week that they did it. The Celtic Warrior Sheamus threatened Cole for distracting him from his win. Hardy's video package focused on the struggles of his drug and alcohol abuse. So, kind of, a, it was kind of a dark turn, you know, because obviously anybody that knows Jeff Hardy or has followed Jeff Hardy's career and his personal life knows that he's, you know, he's had his share of demons, he's had his share of battles with, 
you know, drug with drug use and alcoholism and all that stuff. You know, Jeff Hardy has redeemed himself several times. He's fallen back down the ladder several times, as a lot of people do when they're in that situation. You know, I wouldn't know, guys, because personally for me, I'm I'm straight edge. <laughs> I'm just like CM Punk. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I am straight edge. CM Punk did inspire me to be straight edge. I'll be honest with you guys. He did inspire me. But I do know that some of the stories I've heard from people just watching them like on YouTube and just stuff like that, you know, definitely um, it is a tough thing to bounce back from. And not to get into a whole, you know, to not not to get to into a whole topic about it. I just tongue twist myself, guys. My bad. I always do that on every video. But you know, a lot of respect goes out to Jeff Hardy, man, for you know always kind of being able to find his way back. Hopefully, this time it's for good, because the guy is getting older. Jeff Hardy, you know, Jeff Hardy is obviously one of the best tag team wrestlers. Risk takers, characters, you know, Jeff Hardy is a legend, man. I really think he is a legend. And I've had the pleasure of meeting Jeff Hardy. I met him in 2018. I'll never forget it. It was uh, Survivor Series weekend. It was NXT TakeOver on Saturday, which I went to, my first ever NXT show. My only NXT show so far. I would love to go to more. It was Survivor Series on Sunday night, and then Raw and SmackDown, obviously, when SmackDown was still on Tuesdays, you know, when SmackDown was still on the Tuesday night, I got to meet Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy came out, you know, obviously all the wrestlers were, were there. I got to meet him real quick. He was really cool. He was really nice. You know, Jeff Hardy, I've met him. I've met Lita. And I could tell Jeff Hardy's a cool dude. So anytime, you know, he's always came back from... His personal issues. I've always just had a lot of respect for the guy. So obviously, you know, they got into this video package. You know, it was very, you know... I mean, I think I think a lot of what's been said about Jeff Hardy in the past, a lot of people already knew. But, you know, they obviously transition, transitioned to this and stuff like that. But it's just getting him ready for his return. You know, he came back a couple weeks back, or more than that, he faced Baron Corbin, but then we haven't really seen Jeff. But, you know, I give Jeff Hardy a lot of respect, you know, for giving them the green light to talk about, you know, his personal, you know, his personal issues and stuff like that. You know, I give him a lot, a lot of respect, you know, because I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure, you know, he tries to forget about this every single day and to kind of have it constantly put out there. You know, I give him a lot of credit for, you know, it must not, I know that choice does not come easy. So I give Jeff Hardy a lot of credit, but this was obviously to set up, you know, the whole Seamus thing. It was, um, it was basically set to, you know, I guess what's going to be a feud for when Jeff comes back to TV, um, and all that stuff, which should be interesting because, you know, Jeff Hardy, you know, I mean, hey man, you know, the guy is, you know, he's, he's a veteran now and all that stuff. And it's always good to see him out there and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm sure him and Sheamus, I'm sure they might have, they could have a pretty good feud if booked correctly. You know, no doubt in my mind, they're probably going to have Sheamus attack that. You know what I mean? Like maybe to get some heel heat in and stuff like that. Maybe he'll cut a promo about Jeff Hardy next week. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Next, we had a Money in the Bank qualifier. Before this, we had a backstage segment where Carmella was talking to Dana Brooke. Carmella was kind of pissed off at Dana Brooke for taking on this match when they have a tag team championship match for the SmackDown for the, for the women's tag team championships next week. I just call them the SmackDown titles because they're being defended on SmackDown. They're supposed to be exclusive to all brands, but we've only seen them defended on SmackDown. We've seen them defended on, on other stuff and all that. But, um, basically... This was just Carmella, you know, looking frustrated. Dana Brooke was, you know, saying that she's got this and all that stuff. Kind of seemed like Carmella was, you know, maybe hinting at a little bit of a heel turn just because she seemed frustrated. She seemed very, like, you know, very what, sassy. Well, she's always sassy. Her character is always sassy, but she seemed, like, very sarcastic. So maybe, you know, we're going to get a Carmella heel turn. So we had the match, Dana Brooke and Naomi. You know, match was, you know, back and forth. 
you know, it went a little longer than I expected, but, you know, Dana Brooke got the victory. So Dana Brooke's going to be in the women's quali- the women's ladder match at Money in the Bank. Already in the match, we have Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Nia Jax, and now we have Dana Brooke. I'm a little surprised Naomi didn't get the victory. I'm a little surprised they went with Dana. Don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't think Carmella and Dana are going to get those championship belts, but basically um, it could result in one of them turning on each other. Maybe it'll be Carmella. Maybe Carmella will get put into this ladder match. Maybe she'll have a qualifying match. Not sure. Not sure if they have enough people on the women's roster for that. But, um, you know, I mean, I was a little surprised that, you know, Dana got the victory. But, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, they want to put as much in this match as they could, you know. So, Brooke defeated Naomi, Naomi by pinfall to qualify for the match. So, that's Shayna Baszler, you know, Asuka, Nia Jax, and now Dana Brooke. If I had to make a guess on the next two, I would say Sasha and Carmella. That's going to be that that's my pick for how many are going to be in. If it's going to be 8 women or just 6, they haven't really said how many. But if you want to keep it old school, I would say put 6. Not to say that WWE always does things old school, but you know. But I was surprised Dana Brooke got the victory. Don't know if it means anything, but we'll see. So next we had what I believe Segment of the night. Yes. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Now, it was reported that Sonya and Mandy were going to have a confrontation. Mandy was going to be called out by Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville has tried to contact Mandy Rose by text messaging, you know, phone calls, DMs, you know, whatever, FaceTime. But Mandy and storyline has declined, obviously. So we had Sonia come out. Sonia was very emotional at first. She said that, you know, she spent more time with Mandy, you know, as friends than her own family. And legitimately, I think they do have a great friendship outside of wrestling. I think they do. I think they have had a great friendship. Which is cool, which I respect. I've seen a lot of their videos together, as I'm sure you guys have. And, you know, you can just tell that, you know, they're great friends. And, you know, they enjoy being around each other. And I'm sure they're having the most fun that they've ever had with this storyline. I'm sure they're all having a blast. Which is cool, because it's been great. The storyline's been great. One of WWE's hottest angles in the business in, a, in quite a while, you know. It's not even a women's storyline. It's it's a love triangle, but it's it's evolved. It's evolved greatly. So we had Sonya come out. She called out Mandy. She asked Mandy to come out. Mandy kind of made her wait a little while, like like a minute. Deville promised to explain herself. She begged Mandy to come out and hear her explanation. Explanation. Mandy came out. Mandy looked very pissed off. She looked like she didn't want to be there. But Sonya Deville started to beg her to forgive her. Mandy said she had nothing to say to her. So then, all of a sudden, like that, Deville's mood changed. She said that Mandy Rose is the most selfish person she has ever met. So then... We had Sonya Deville cut what many people are calling the promo of her life. This promo that she cut was fantastic. Sonya Deville, who has not really been known for her promo work, because she's never really had that many, like in a strong way, but this was excellent. I liked her promo. I liked her acting ability. I liked... How she did it. I loved the body language that was shown by Mandy Rose. Because Mandy Rose was like. You screwed me over. You broke my heart. And Sonia's attitude was like. You did this to yourself. It was a mix of that. And it was a mix of. You know. I've had to carry you for so long. And then she even went into. She was saying that. 
she was saying that Mandy Rose was made in a factory. Mandy Rose has the typical look. She has the blonde hair, she has the body, but she has no talent. And she was even shooting in storyline saying that every single time they would come out, it was always Mandy Rose's theme song, which is true. Mandy Rose, her entrance, Sony's face was always blurred off. So basically, it's kind of a mix of, you know, she felt not appreciated like Mandy was. She basically felt that Mandy was focusing more on Otis when she could have focused on fire and desire. And then she even said, like, you know, she even made fun of Otis, which is, you know, obviously what they've been doing with the storyline. And she said, how can you pick Otis over Ziggler? And then we had Deville get more sinister. She said she enjoyed what she did. She's not sorry. She planned. She promised to ruin Mandy Rose's life and finally make make it to the top after years of living in Mandy Rose's shadow. So her promo was a mix of you did this to yourself. I'm tired of living in your shadow. I don't regret what I did. And this is your fault. I loved this promo work. You know, like I said, Sonya Deville, who has not really been known for her promo work, you know, she nailed it with this, man. I got to give I got to give her credit. She did great with this. And I think this leads to definitely a, a mixed tag at Money in the Bank. But eventually it's got a between Mandy, Otis, Sonia and Dolph. And maybe we'll get a cuz eventually this will lead to a singles match between Mandy and Sonia. There's no doubt in my mind. Possibly at SummerSlam if WWE feels like that's a SummerSlam worthy match, maybe a TV match, no idea. But definitely I think if you give these girls a chance to go out there and do what they can do, I don't think they'll, they'll disappoint. This promo was great. Mandy's body language was great. Sonia's, you know, promo promo work and acting ability was was great. No pun intended. It was fire. I liked it. This storyline has done wonders for a lot of fans. And it's it's been great, man. It's been real great. And also the writer that got fired recently. Shout out to her, man. Because she did a great job putting this together. And I can only pray that whoever's in charge of the storyline now. You know, they don't let us down. And they don't let their talents down. But this was great, man. We then had... Dolph Ziggler come out. Ziggler came out. He was begging. He was whining. He was begging for Mandy to give him another chance. Mandy wasn't saying nothing. Dolph called her baby a couple times. Mandy Rose basically said for Dolph to get her his hands off of her. And then we seen Sonya cheap shot Mandy. Oh, I should know, guys. Before Dolph even came out, after Mandy, after Sonya called her a bitch... She said Mandy had a moment where she was like, I'm so glad I slapped you at WrestleMania. And they were about to go. Then all of a sudden, DZ, Mr. Ziggles, Dolph Ziggler came out. And he was begging Mandy. Mandy was having none of it. Sonya cheap-shotted Mandy. Dolph was like, what are you doing? So it's kind of like, wait a minute. Dolph still cares about her? It was it was weird. It was that, that, that part was a little weird. But then, of course, we had Otis make the save. You know, Ziggler and Otis got into a brawl. You know, Sonya got on Otis's back. Mandy pulled Sonya off. And then, you know, Otis would get the worm on Ziggler. There was a smart there was there was a small part of me, guys, that thought that maybe we're gonna see Mandy turn on Otis right there. Just kind of, just the way it was positioned. But obviously, you know, they're definitely gonna go with Mandy as a babyface for a while. Her and Otis, you know, they just got together in storylines, so you know, obviously, you know, together, they're so charismatic, which I like. So, obviously, in my mind, this sets up, this is going to set up a mixed tag at Money in the Bank. Maybe they'll push it till SummerSlam. I don't know, you know, but definitely, this is going to be a future tag team match and a future singles match with Sonya and Mandy. So, gotta love it. Final thoughts on this promo, on this segment. It was great, you know. I liked it a whole lot, you know. It also made, you know, Sonia and, and Dolph interesting as heels. You know, while, you know, Mandy's former partner went to her God's greatest creation, the show-off want, wants to win her back. He will likely 
turn against Rose when he when he realizes she's truly chosen Otis. So great promo, you know. Mandy and Sonia did great. You gotta love it. So then we had the men's Money in the Bank qualifying match. Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. Anytime you guys get these guys in the ring, you know it's going to be great. These these dudes are great at what they do. These guys are veterans. These guys know each other pretty well. These guys, you know, they gave it a hell of a fight. Daniel Bryan got the victory. He qualified for the match. He's one of my picks, you know, for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. My first pick is Aleister Black, but Aleister Black and Daniel Bryan are my two picks, depending on who else gets put into it. But this match was great. You had Drew Gulak with Daniel Bryan at ringside. You had Nakamura with Cesaro. You know, there was Matt Wrestling, Chain Wrestling. Drew Gulak, you know, helped get Nakamura away from the ring. Daniel Bryan, you know, he had Cesaro in the yes lock. Cesaro, you know, was put in for like a minute. Nakamura tried to get involved. Drew Gulak was able to stop it. Cesaro tapped out. And that was pretty much it, man. You know, Drew Gulak has a chance next week, too. So, quick note, guys. Next week, we are having two more, you know, qualifying matches for men's and women's. We're going to have Drew Gulak taking on Baron Corbin. Be nice to see Drew Gulak in it. Don't really want to see Corbin in it because he was in it last year. But, you know, Corbin could end up winning. Because, you know, you do need heels in the match, I, I think. So, and then, we're, and then, like I mentioned, Lacey Evans and Sasha Banks for the female. Which I hope Sasha wins because that's no, that's another way you can do it. Sasha can swerve people and she can win the briefcase. That'd be a first-timer for her. But this match was great, man. Anytime you get these guys in the ring together, it's going to be a classic. And this is exactly what it was. It was great. Brian got the victory by submission. He's in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Cesaro and Brian always deliver. So this was as good as you know one would hope. For a thrown together match with no crowd, WWE, the two keep the pace up, can't, can't deny that. In the end, the Planet's Champion had a win. He has more excitement for the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. It's a shame, you know, Cesaro can't be in the match, but, you know, Cesaro, obviously, anytime they want him in the victory, they want him to wrestle, he's always going to deliver as well. Cesaro, incredibly talented as well. So then we had... Elias backstage. Elias was cutting a promo while he was, you know, gonna go to the ring. He was gonna have a mini concert. But before he can get there, we had Baron Corbin attack him. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the feud that nobody wanted. <laughs> Baron Corbin and Elias. Corbin attacked him backstage, talked a lot of trash, you know, was stamp stomping at his hand. Hit Elias over the back with the guitar. Like I said, it's continuing the feud. Don't know if, you know, maybe next week Elias screws Corbin over, out of the match. Maybe Elias and, Cor and Corbin will both be in the match. But, you know, the feud's going to continue. Nothing more, nothing less. The feud nobody wanted, guys. <laughs> so then we had the main event. It was for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, The Miz. Versus Big E. Versus Jey Uso. Throughout the night we had. You know three backstage promos with. You know Jey Uso. The Miz and Big E. All ex you know all talking about the match. I do like when WWE does that. I think if done. Correctly with the right talent. You know you can't miss those. You know this match was. I mean it main evented the show. I didn't expect nothing less from it. Um, you know, Jey Uso, Biggie, and The Miz, they all cut promos ahead of the match, promising to walk away with the gold, even though it's silver. The A-lister, known as The Miz, had a good showing, including hitting a skull-crushing finale into a figure four, but Biggie, who was suplexed a couple minutes earlier during the match onto the announce table, who was acting a little, I think he was acting a little heelish, Biggie, because he was just kind of like saying, is that your stuff, Michael Cole? I don't care, and he was throwing everything all over the place. But, you know, I mean, part of Biggie's character in the New Day is he's he's hyper. You know what I mean? He's all hyper and he's all, you know, messing around and all that stuff. But 
you know, he got suplexed to the mat, to the table from Miz and Jey Uso. Jey Uso and the Miz took the fight back into the ring. You know, Uso got a couple super kicks. Miz got the skull crushing finale. All of a sudden, we see Big E pick him up, hits the big ending, gets the victory. That's right, guys. Once again, the New Day are tag team champions. Eight times. Look, guys. All due respect to the New Day. The New Day is w- is one of WWE's best tag teams. They've been great for years. I'm not going to deny that. And you can tell these guys legitimately are best friends. But why did we need this? Why did we need this? Don't know why they put the belts back on the New Day. The New Day just lost to Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, no, no. Really don't know why this had to happen. Now, what I would have liked to have seen happen if I was booking this, I would have liked to see maybe, you know, a new team debut. Yeah, you know, we had the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons, you know, there was a video package about them earlier. You could have them come out and just, you know, attack the team that won. Maybe you had them attack, you know, all teams and you just do a no contest. I know that's not the most popular decision because, you know, there is too many disqualifications. Or maybe you could have debuted the Undisputed Era. I mean, yeah, obviously the Undisputed Era, we know when they go to the main roster, they may not they may not have the success they had in NXT because that does tend to happen with a lot of talents. We all know, you know. <coughs> oh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Ricochet. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of talents from NXT, they get put on the main roster, and, you know, a lot of them don't, they don't have as much as they had in NXT. You know, not saying that's going to happen to the Undisputed Era for sure, but, you know, you never know. But, I just, I don't know why they put the belts back on the New Day. I just, I don't understand why they needed to do it. I mean, I get it, the New Day has, you know, record tag team champions and all that stuff. And I respect what they do as a team and stuff like that, but I just don't see why we need why we needed this this way. I really don't understand, and that just goes to show you, you know, the tag team division for WWE is not solid. There's not enough teams. You know, yes, we can see good matches with Big E, Kofi, Morrison, and the Miz. We can see great tag team matches between the Usos, Miz and Morrison, the Usos and the New Day. We know they had a great tag team rivalry over the years. But eventually, it's like, you know, you can't keep doing that forever. You can't. And this is, and that's the same with the women's division. You don't have anybody. It's not that, oh, why did it, why is it, like, why is Tamina Snuka getting a match? It's because you don't have anyone. You don't have enough talent. You have the Forgotten Sons, but that's one team. All the teams you've had are played out. What are you going to do? Have them feud until Money in the Bank? What are we going to get at Money in the Bank? Are we going to get a tag team match again of all three teams? Because all three teams couldn't compete you know, the right way at WrestleMania. Maybe they'll do that. Maybe this time they'll do it the right way. And maybe Miz and Morrison will get the belts back. Maybe the, Us- maybe the Usos will get the belts. But then again, it's like this is what we've seen pay-per-view after pay-per-view, show after show. Is it laziness? Is it uncreativity? I don't know. But the match was short. I mean, you know, given TV time remaining, you know, I guess. But I just, I wasn't a fan of this, you know. Yeah, the New Day are entertaining. And they're one of WWE's best tag teams. I get that. But, and all guys, you know, they come off as likable. But in the end, it's like, why did this need to happen? I mean, why? But either way, I mean, look, it is what it is. I mean, the tag team division needs a lot more improvement in terms of, like, new teams getting a chance, new teams coming out, new matches for your top teams like the New Day, you know, the Usos. Miz and Morrison, like, new matches. I mean, unless you want to build up the Forgotten Sons, 
and have them face the New Day at SummerSlam or whichever team. Cause, or maybe you'll put them in the match at Money in the Bank because you know WWE is going to do something like that. They, may, they could very well do another ladder match. I don't know. And then after that, we had, you know, we had reactions from, you know, Kofi Kingston and, and Xavier Woods. Obviously, they're both happy. Xavier Woods, you know, a legit gamer. <laughs> you know, he's a legit gamer, man, which I like. <laughs> but I just, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little surprised that they took the belts off Miz and Morrison that quick. But, you know, what can I tell you? So that was SmackDown, guys. I mean, overall, you know, the best parts of the show was definitely Sonya and Mandy. I liked the singles match with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro because those guys always put on a great match. Other than that, everything else really was just kind of there for me. I mean, you know, this show had two good stuff tonight. You know, Mandy, Sonya, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro. So that was the end of the show, guys. Um, Just a quick note. So... Speaking of Money in the Bank, it's being rumored that Money in the Bank will take place. Well, the well the the ladder matches will take place on top of the. Let me see right here. Money in the Bank. Check my notes. Give me one sec, guys. Let me see. Okay. So the two Money in the Bank ladder matches will take place in Stanford. Athletes will have to start from the ground floor until they reach the roof building and grab the briefcase. That's interesting. I mean, I think the last time we've seen anything on top of the WWE roof of the Stanford, Connecticut roof was back in the day that you know, that Super Bowl commercial. Man, what a great commercial that was back in the day. This is this is interesting to me. You know, this is real interesting to me. I'm I'm not sure how they're gonna do it, but you know, it's interesting. That's all I can really say is it it's interesting. Money in the bank on WWE headquarters roof. I mean, this is obviously something that they wanna do. I think this is the only part of the show that's going to be filmed on the roof. I think everything else is going to come from the PC. But WWE has reportedly filmed Money in the Bank content from the roof of WWE headquarters. So that's, that's going to be something to see, as they call the corporate ladder. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that, guys. We'll see what happens with that. Also, so... Just just quick news before I get out of here, guys. It's being reported that nobody is allowed to speak the name Roman Reigns. No mentioning Roman Reigns. You cannot do it. It's not allowed. That's pretty interesting. I'm not sure exactly why that's the case, but... All I can say is I think it's going to be a while before we see Roman back on WWE TV. I'm not sure if this is backlash for what he was doing for his family. I doubt it. You know, because I think a lot of us gave us respect to Roman for standing up, you know, for his family and just kind of doing the right thing. You know, I'm sure that choice didn't come easy, but, you know, it's his family, man. You know, you got to respect that. And by the way, Roman Reigns is now a father of twins. So, you know, shout out to Roman Reigns for that. You know, that's incredible, man. But right here it says Vince McMahon doesn't want Roman Reigns mentioned at all on WWE television. ProWrestlingNews.com states, on Saturday, I noted that the WWE announcers were told not to mention Roman Reigns during the WrestleMania tapings. Dave Meltzer confirmed in this week's Wrestling Observer news seller that the instructions extended to weekly television shows to never mention Roman Reigns. There was no mention of Reigns on SmackDown tonight, no mention of why he was replaced by Braun Strowman, even though Triple H said it was going to be under a unique circumstance, which we still don't know. It's unclear exactly why the decision was made, but it's interesting that just days before the go-home episode of Friday Night Smackdown, Triple H told ESPN's Ariel 
Helwani that things would play out in a unique way. Reigns coming back, his return status is unknown, and people close to him don't think he will be back anytime soon due to COVID-19 concerns, which makes sense, obviously, guys. The real reason why Reigns opted to not wrestle at Mania was because he got word that The Miz showed up at the PC sick. Doesn't have the virus, but he was still sick nonetheless, which was good for The Miz, you know. Him showing up sick, I mean, is a little weird because they do take your temperature at the door from what I heard from Stephanie McMahon, so I don't know how he got in, but... Reigns later indicated on, on Instagram, as we all know, that he had reasons for pulling out. He indicated that his kids had an older, an, an older person in his life that he needs to worry about, which makes sense. So obviously, guys, that is from Dave Meltzer. So yeah, Roman Reigns is not going to be mentioned on television because I think if I, you know, if I had to make an assumption, I think the reason why they don't want to mention him is to avoid kind of like, you know, never explaining why he wasn't in the match. But I mean, it is interesting when you when you think about it. It is pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm not sure when Roman's going to come back. I would imagine, obviously, with his recent health issues, well, with his health issues over the years, you know, it is the safest thing to do for him. But, you know, if I had to make a suggestion, like I said, I think that they are going to do him and The Fiend at SummerSlam, so maybe in August he'll be back. I have no idea. But obviously, none of us know when things are going to get back to normal. But either way... You know, that came from Meltzer. Roman Reigns will not be mentioned by the orders of Vince McMahon on television anytime soon. You know, WWE, you know, I guess they just, you know, they don't want to face people questioning them of why Roman was, you know, why he wasn't around. I mean, we know why because we've heard from him, but WWE never really gave us the explanation of the unique way that they were going to write him off TV. But... It's more questions than answers. All we know now is that Roman is likely to take some time off. He won't be back for a while. And that's pretty much that. So with that being said, guys, I am going to get out of here. I want to thank you guys you know, for always giving me a listen. You guys are incredible. Hopefully you guys are safe. Hopefully you guys are keeping each, each other busy. You guys are keeping, keeping yourself safe. You're spending time with your families. For those of you that still get to work, you know, God bless you guys. For those that are out of the job like myself, you know, God bless you guys as well. And I will be back tomorrow with a brand new video. I am working on getting some more interviews, guys. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I will be doing a part two pretty soon with my buddy George. We did a part one a couple of days ago. I've done two interviews, which I've had a lot of fun with. I do want to get more. It all depends on, you know, when people have the time. I mean, I know there's not a lot we can, there's not a lot to do currently as it is, but, you know, still people in their way, they still try to keep themselves busy. But anyways, guys, have a good night. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. With that being said, guys, stay safe, stay positive. God bless you guys. And I'm out of here, guys. Peace.